Well, good morning, church. It's always good to see you. It's always awesome to hear the Word of God read. Amen? That's why we gather under God's Word. So as you know, I'd like to encourage you all to read the Word of God every day as much as you can, wherever you can, to whoever you can. Um, is read Psalm 112, verses 6 through 7, especially in light of today's message. Psalm 112, verses 6 through 7, especially after reflecting on what you hear today. Because it's a, it only makes sense, that passage, if you know Jesus. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today uh, you know, asking, God, for you to, to humble our hearts and minds to be willing and ready to hear what you have to say. God, you are so good to us. Your, your grace is, is never-ending. God, we don't deserve anything good from you, but yet you give everything good. You've given your Son and all your blessings through him. God, we ask right now that uh, you bless us. And Lord, you know, and, and part of this day too, we ask that you just continue to bless our nation, Lord. And uh, continue to uh, help us, Lord, to, to find ways of, of having you be exemplified. God, we also ask that you be with the churches who are meeting in whatever capacity, Lord, throughout the world, outside, inside, in rivers and floods, wherever they may be, Lord. For Lord, it's your church, and you and, and your church is beautiful, and you're guiding the church quite well. Your plan is going quite well, even if we don't understand it and we don't see it. You know exactly what you're doing. And God, I pray that we can be confident in that, for you are good. God, we also ask that um, you convict us of our sin, Lord, as we come before you. Expose the sins in our life. Show them, reveal them. Lord, we don't even know what, what, what we sin half the time, Lord. We just do. But by your word, you reveal what we should not be doing. And simply by trusting in you, Lord, we know that we have been forgiven. So God, we, we ask that you help us repent of our sins. Help us to come down before you, laying everything down at the foot of the cross, clinging on to Jesus by the empty hand of faith. God, you are so good. Bless us now. Fill us with all hope, love, and joy so we can live out the faith consistently before you and point to your mar marvelous and gracious grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Okay, so, every day, as a Christian, you face a world that wants to beat you down and wants to break your spirit. I don't think that's too far from the truth. No matter where you stand on this spectrum of life, you know, whatever social issues, whatever pol politics, this world wants to crush you as a Christian. Never forget that. <laughs> that's why every time you turn on the news... Social media or read the newspaper. I know some of you still read the newspaper out there. It's always about how to make you live in fear and anger or worry about today and to live in fear and anger and worry about the future. That's all it's ever about. This world doesn't want you to rest in Christ as a Christian. 
It doesn't want you to have peace that goes beyond understanding. It wants you to filter everything that you see in this world through the lens of discouragement and despair and anger and worry and fear. It by no means wants you to filter and process all the information that you see around you from a gospel perspective. It wants to keep you so earthly minded that you forget and ignore all the heavenly good that you have in Christ simply by having faith in him. It doesn't want you to see the it, it does not want you to see the events in your life or in this world as being guided by the sovereign mighty hand of God. The world, the flesh, the devil wants you to see this world as just a place of chaos and chance and to see the very things in your own life as chaos and chance. To think that God is just far off, that yes, you have faith in Christ, but you're on your own. you got to live life by pulling up your own bootstraps. you got to put on your big boy and big girl pants now because you're left to your own devices as you go about this world. Oh, sure, you know, I want you to think, oh, sure, yeah, you can pray to God about what's going on, but it's up to you to make it in this world. So you better stay faithful to God. You better be obedient. You better be submissive to His ways. It's up to you to accomplish all of this all on your own. So you better not mess up as a Christian, especially as you face a world that's coming against you. Because remember, it all depends upon you now. God gave his son. Now it's up to you to do all the rest. So don't you mess up. Don't you fail. Don't you dare fail as you go about this exhausting world that's full of hate and anger and fear that constantly comes at you. You better make sure to have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. So don't mess up in the church. Don't mess up at home with your kids. Don't mess up with your spouse. Don't mess up at the store. Don't mess up with your neighbors. Don't mess up with your witness in public. Mm -mm. And don't you dare mess up with your views on politics. Don't you dare mess up with your views on social issues. Don't you dare give a wrong opinion. Don't, 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 don't. And so on and so on and so on. Because if you do, you're going to lose all your blessings before God. And he will turn against you just like the world because you're unfaithful to him. And you couldn't see it through. God will only take so much of your disobedience and your imperfect performance before him. And sadly, that is exactly how the world wants us to think about our faith in Christ. Because when we do think like that and believe those lies, we make Christianity all about us. How good we are doing before God. About our performance before Him. It's all about us climbing a ladder to Him rather than Him coming down the ladder to us and carrying us up by His grace. So then we end up giving into the fear all the hate and the worry that this world sets before us. We start living in panic mode because it's clearly dependent upon us. We stop thinking clearly. We just live in reaction to everything around us and start joining in the world's exhausting way of life. Because we're always trying 
to be better than someone else. Always trying to one-up. Always trying to compare ourselves to someone else so we can feel better about ourselves and tell God, see, I'm doing better than that guy on TV. I wouldn't beat up that person. Or I'm doing better than that person in my life. You see, their life is messed up. My views, my opinions, my politics, my spiritual disciplines are better than those around anyone else, around me. And that's exactly what the world, the flesh, and the devil wants us to think and to live. Because the more you do, the more you think like that, the more we give in to the divisiveness of the world. And we start saying things like the Pharisee in Luke 18, verses 11 and 12. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you, I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all that I get, God. And then we don't end up saying things like the tax, uh, like, like the tax collector in Luke 18, 13. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Which is exactly the way we should be. Because that's what Jesus says in Luke 18, 14. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And him and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So the question then becomes, how do we not get caught up in this exhaustive divisiveness in the world? How do we not get tricked into thinking we are better, uh, uh, thinking that we're on our own now, and it all depends upon us and our performance before God to earn his blessings? And the answer to that is always go back to the gospel message. You never leave the gospel. You never move on from the gospel. You never put the gospel to the side in what you're doing. You never fall into the lie that the gospel is only relevant on Sundays and maybe when things are going really bad in your life. The gospel message of God's grace is the center of our life and all that we do. It's what motivates us and gives us purpose in this life. And this is what Paul is going to speak on then today in Ephesians chapter 1, 11 through 12. So our title today is Rest in God's Grace. Paul's going to encourage us in the gospel message of God's grace so that we will not be tricked into forgetting what we now have in Jesus Christ through faith in Him. So we can have rest and peace in this exhausting, insane, divisive world. So Paul begins then in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 by saying, In him we have obtained an inheritance. And this brings us to our very first point. Christ reveals God's gracious heart for you. Now Paul opens up here with, in him, referring to Christ. And truly, that is something that we need to impress upon our minds every day. That anything we get from God, our standing, our right standing before Him, all that we are now before Him, all of our accomplishments, all of our works, everything and anything are now found through faith in Christ alone. Christ has done everything 
for you before God. Never think you must do something to earn the favor of God and don't think that if you have not done something that you will lose favor with God either. Drive that into your heart and mind and soul for Christ has done everything for you. He has performed perfectly with his life on your behalf through faith in him. He has achieved all the good works that would ever be required of you by God to have favor with him. Christ's perfect, sinless life covers your whole life. His death paid for all the sin that you have committed and that you will commit. There is nothing that you have done, nothing that you will do that will ever make his death upon the cross in vain for you. And what proves this is that he came back to life to reveal that all has been paid By him. It is done. It is finished. The battle's been won. The victory is ours. The victory of the cross is ours if we have faith in him. So if you have faith in Christ, which, by the way, is the only thing that is ever required of us by God. Jesus specifically says this in John 6.29. And Jesus answered, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. That's it. So don't you ever think that you have done something that would remove God's favor upon you if you have faith in Christ. Even if you messed up as a parent and your kids hate you for it. Even if you had a past marriage that went south and failed because of you. Even if you have committed a sin that you can't even mention in public because of the world's judgment. If you have faith in Christ, In him, you have God's favor and all the spiritual blessings upon you by faith in his son. For his son has accomplished everything for you because you could never do it in the first place. So with this in mind, when Paul says in him, he continues to say, in him we have obtained an inheritance. And this is something that's really quite deep and really uplifting. And we may kind of glance over it if we just look at the English. Not that it's bad. Read whatever you can, as much as you can. But in the Greek, you have Paul kind of playing a wordplay here and and saying he really wants you to, to understand the work of Christ. It was Paul saying, look, because of Jesus and his work in him, his performance on your behalf through faith in him, and not of any merit of your own, right? It's in him. You now have this amazing inheritance of all the spiritual blessings, like being freed from the bondage of the world, being freed from the power of sin in your life, being freed from the power of death, so you can look forward to the joy of a glorious future in heaven, being blessed with an amazing, insightful purpose that you now are being used to bring about God's kingdom in this earth to unite everything under the name of Jesus. The blessing of having an identity that now lasts for eternity. The blessing of salvation that is given to us now forever to never be lost because of Christ's perfect performance on our behalf through faith in Him. We have all these blessings because we have been made God's inheritance through Christ in Him. Or put differently, Paul is saying we have all these blessings these inheritance, because we are now God's possession 
We are made God's heritage. We are made His inheritance through faith in Jesus. Christ died for you so you could be inherited by God. God did this not because of anything we are, but simply because of who He is. God is love and He has a love for you. And this is revealed through His Son. In Him we have obtained an inheritance. It is only out of His love for us, which is revealed in Christ, in Him, that we have obtained anything, that we've become anything. Paul is saying, God has provided everything through faith in Christ so that we are inherited by Him, owned by Him, and loved by Him forever, simply by having faith in Christ. So we only need to rest in Christ by faith. For God is with us. He is with you. He is on your side. Paul says we have obtained. You have it right now. You are God's child. You are his son or daughter right now if you have faith in Christ. All has been provided for you to have a relationship with God that will never be broken even if you are unfaithful in your, uh, in your relationship with Him. If you have faith in Christ, as weak and as small as it may be, you have God's unconditional love, His favor and blessing upon you because you're in Him. In Christ we have obtained an inheritance. We have been inherited favorably by God. So here then with this massive insight to what seems to be too good to be true. That's what makes the gospel such good news. Paul is wanting to press this in and not lose sight of the joyous news that we now have in Christ. And he continues and says in Ephesians 1.11, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And this brings us to our second point. God's gracious heart will never leave you. Let me put it this way. All your foolish choices you make, all the selfish choices you pursue, all the ignorant things you do, all the stupidity that you end up doing, all these sins that you will end up doing, will never remove His favor, love, and blessings over you. Why? Because through faith alone in Jesus... By God's grace alone, God in eternity past has placed a call upon you. He has predestined you. He has made sure you would inherit the blessings of being his possession. Paul straight up is saying, God predestined you to be made his inheritance, which he gave his son for. Let me explain it to you more on an eye-to-eye level here of what Paul is trying to say. Listen closely. This is good. God knew you before you were born. He knew your whole life, all of your failures, all of your weakness, all of your wretched sins. And so he provided everything that would be needed and required for you to be saved and to be with him in eternity, that is why he sent his son for you on an individual level. You. God sent his son for you so that all your sins could be forgiven and everything required of you, 
all that you would need to have a right standing with God, a right relationship with God, would be accomplished through having faith in Christ, God in eternity past made sure this, what, this would happen for you, for you were predestined to it. He did this all out of His grace over you through faith in Jesus. God knew your name He knew your name in eternity and wanted you to be with Him for eternity before this world began. So Jesus knew your name upon the cross so you could be with Him and the Father for eternity and forgiven by His grace. He thought of you. So when Paul says, predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things, Paul is saying God is actively working his hand in this world, no matter the evil that's about, no matter the disaster that lurks around every corner, no matter the sin that you commit. God is working all things to make sure you have faith in his son and you will stay his inheritance for eternity. Nothing will break these blessings now that you have faith in Christ. For by His grace, His unmerited favor for you, you got them in the first place. And there's nothing you can do to lose them. For the word works here, that word, means that God God is operating with His divine, absolute, sovereign, inexhaustible power to see it through. Over you and me. God is making sure all things, as Paul says, go according to the counsel of his will. Very meticulously. Very thought out. There's no chance with God. There's no gambling. You could put it this way. When you look at this passage... God, in one sense, is moving heaven and earth to make sure you stay his child through faith in Jesus. That's what you have here, working all things. So the pressure then is off you. The pressure of performing well before him to earn his love, to keep his favor, to keep his blessings. It's not upon you. The pressure and stress of trying to make it into heaven is not upon you. The pressure of trying to stay in a right relationship with God is not on your shoulders. It was all upon His Son who did it all for you. You only need to have faith in Him. You just have faith in Christ and that is it. And know that God is working everything out so you can make it into eternity with Him by faith alone in Jesus. That's it. Sounds pretty remarkable. That floors me. That's so opposite of everything you see in this world. To know that all has been done in Jesus because, because of God's gracious love over you and me, wretched sinners. Your failings, your mess-ups, your regrets, your stupidity, your hardships, your naivety, your ignorance, your inconsistency, your short-sightedness, your confusion, your fears, your worries, your anger, your sins. Yes, your sins can't keep you away from Him, or more specifically, can't keep Him away from you. 
They can't keep His heart away from you. For when you have faith in Christ, He is working all things, not some things, not just the good things, not just the things that are big, not just the things that are small, not just the things you find important, but all things according to the counsel of His will so you can be with Him forever. That's not something to ever take lightly or forget or think Paul is just being poetic. I mean, when you realize that and dwell on that, I would hope that life would not seem so heavy and burdensome when you see it in light of what has been done for you in Christ and all that is being done for you right now. If you have faith in Him. I mean, Jesus did say in Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because Jesus did everything. And he's going to make sure you get to eternity with him. I know some of you might be thinking, well, didn't I have to make a choice to follow God? Of course you did. You see that all over Scripture. I even said that a few weeks back. You see it all over Scripture. You must make a choice to follow after Christ. God is completely sovereign, and you are fully responsible for your choices. How that works, I have no idea. I just know that it works, and it's biblical. But, that, but that's not what Paul is talking about. That's not what he's focusing on. That's not what he's trying to answer. He's focusing on God's sovereignty and power over your life as a believer right now. So you can live with hope and peace and joy in a world that's so broken and full of division. He is telling you this so you can have joy, hope, and peace as you live with all your own personal problems. And know that all those personal issues and problems and struggles that you're dealing with won't stop his love for you. He's telling you, the believer, the one who has faith in Christ, that God is on your side. And from eternity past has planned for you, has planned for you to be with him despite the sins that you would commit. He has covered you with the blood of his son. And he's always there for you. He has not and will not leave you, for that is the counsel of His will. He is always going before you to clear the way to make sure you stay on the path towards Him. He is always there beside you, holding you up so you can lean on Him. So He can keep you on the path going forward. And He's always there behind you to make sure you don't fall and get stuck and go backwards. His grace... Says in Philippians 1:6, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's not a hope comment. That's a fact of Scripture. Paul wants you to be encouraged to face anything this world throws at you, even death itself. Because you know that you have God's power backing you up through faith in Christ. For Christ has achieved everything for you. And nothing will tear that away. Nothing will tear God's love for you and favor over you. And nothing will tear you away 
from being his inheritance. For God owns you, and that's his will. Paul then moves on and says why God has done all this for Christ in verse 12. He says, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise to his glory. And this brings us to our last point. Resting in his gracious heart brings him glory. So when Paul says, we who first hoped in Christ, he is referring to all the believers, right? Because he's writing to people who have already placed their hope in Christ and are continuing to do so. And they bring him glory for that very thing. Or put differently, all of us, no matter who we are, no matter our age, no matter our background, no matter how disciplined or how undisciplined we are in the spiritual disciplines, no matter your political views, no matter your sins, your struggles, or how bad or good of a grandparent or parent you may be, or no matter how friendly or unfriendly you may be, no matter how good or bad of a worker you may be, whatever state you want to define yourself in, if you have placed your faith in Christ, if you have hope in Him that He has done it all for you by faith in Him, then you bring praise and glory to God. You having faith in Jesus a sinner who has been redeemed by the blood, by the blood of Christ, who has been brought into God's heritage, bring praise to his name. Let me be blunt with what we have here. You with all your weakness, your frailness, your failures, the train wrecks in your life that you're trying to hide from everyone else so they don't see, or maybe the train wreck in which, you, which people see currently. All that constant fumbling and mumbling and stumbling about that comes about because you just can't seem to get yourself to do the right thing all the time. All that sin you struggle with. Know this. If you have faith in Christ, you are not a burden to God. You're not a burden but someone whose life brings him praise and glory simply because you have faith in Christ during these times. Christ has redeemed you. He has saved you. He has done everything for you, a sinner. For you've been saved by grace through faith. And that is the testimony. That is what gives The Lord prays in this dark world. Why? Because it says there's hope for anyone who places their faith in Christ, no matter who they are. And you reveal that to the world with all your failures and weakness. For your existence by faith in Christ, no matter who you are, whether you're at home, immobile in a chair or bed, whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're at the supermarket or sitting alone because you're messed up or maybe alone because no one likes you. Know this. Your existence by faith in Christ declares this very thing that the world needs. It declares John three sixteen through 17 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but in order that the world might be saved through him. So church, boldly and proudly declare your faith in Christ. Tell the world of how you rest in him. How you rest in his unchanging grace over you wherever you go with all the failures and sins that you struggle with. Say, I have been forgiven by the blood of Christ. And they can too if they just place their faith in him. For he has answered all of your needs. And he is the answer this world needs. Let us go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I pray right now if someone doesn't know you, they come to see that you are the answer that they need, that they leave their sin, they, they turn towards you and say, I need Jesus. Lord, I pray they come to know you right now. God, I pray for all of those who are struggling with relationships, family issues, work, life, life situations, maybe physical issues. Lord, that you remind them they are not alone. You are with them and you are using it for their benefit that they may declare that you are mighty and holy and just and gracious. That their life is not a waste. What's happening is not meaningless but you're using it to expose that Jesus truly is everything and this world will give nothing. God, I pray that you, that you just remind us that all has been done in your Son so we can have rest and peace in this exhausting world that's so full of pain. And Lord, I pray that we can then be an encouragement to those around us that they can know that glorious message of the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.